Welcome everybody to episode 37 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. As always, I'd like to sincerely thank all the interviewees, listeners and the soccer public of the Illawarra slash Australia who download this podcast. Additionally, I would like to say thank you to the people who contribute, comment and reminisce on the social media pages. This episode's interviewee grew up in Balgowny and started his football journey at Balgowny Junior Soccer Club. From here, John Kranovic developed a deep love for the game and for the goalkeeper position. After a junior career with Balgowny and representing Illawarra Junior teams, John moved to Ferry Meadow United in the State League. At Ferry Meadow, John proved himself amongst men, forged relationships and developed his craft. After playing at Coromel Rangers in 1987 and Wollongong Macedonia in 1988, John received a call from Sydney, Croatia, and it was here that John deservedly found himself playing in the NSL amongst Socceroos and quality NSL players. He took his opportunity and played 18 league games and multiple pre-season games in the late 1980s and early 1990s. In the 1990s, he cemented himself as one of the premier goalkeepers in the Illawarra Premier League, in particular with the Kringilla Lions. And in the latter part of his playing career, he additionally started goalkeeper coaching. Since retiring at the end of the 2000 season, John has developed as one of the best goalkeeping coaches in the region, being a part of multiple clubs and entities such as Fernhill, the ISA, the Wollongong Wolves, and of course coaching his children, something that was a delight for John. The clear point for me in this interview is that John deeply cares and invests in the people slash players who he trains and mixes with in the region. And it is this part of his personality which distinguishes him and is one of the reasons why he is successful and deeply respected in our community. As our interview spanned over two hours, I have split this podcast into two parts, and although it might not be optimal for you, the listener, I apologise, but I couldn't stop chatting to John about his amazing journey as a player and as a coach. Please enjoy part one of this interview. Welcome everybody to the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I'm here in the leafy surrounds of East Coromel and I'm here with my special guest John Kranovic, commonly known as Cradge in the area and very well known. John, welcome and thank you. Thank you, welcome to my home. Let's start from the beginning. Um, where did you grow up and um, what were your first memories of soccer? Well, uh, yeah, I was born in Wollongong. Um, ethnic origin, mum and dad are Croatian and we, um, dad had a house in Bruder Street, Balgowny, which is just uh, just around the corner from Judy Masters Oval and it was a nice place to grow up uh, and obviously um, I was the youngest of three boys and so especially coming from a, an ethnic family, um, you know, football, soccer was the, was the sport so obviously I had two older brothers that were already signed up and playing for Balgowny, um, so I would I'd look up to them, you know, I'd look up to them and like all young fellas, yep. you've got two older brothers, you want to be just like your brothers, so they'd be always down kicking kicking the 
the ball down the road, they'd take me down the park, we'd have uh, play in the backyard, shots and goals. <laughs> so I love the sport from day dot, basically. I just love it, still do. So those sort of first memories of soccer were really with your, with your brothers first and foremost? Pretty much, until um, I distinctly remember going down for the, I think it was trials. Yep. And, uh, and Balgowney had already had a, a team in my age group full of boys that are still my mates, a lot of them, and yep. um, which is really cool when you think back how long our friendship has been. We were born in 1965. And um, so I went down very, I was a six-year-old, so it would have been very early 1972. Yep. And I tried out, and, um, and the A team was sort of set. They already had a really good side, so they put me in the B team. Yep. But I don't know, I, I think I was just, you know, as a kid I was... Pretty athletic, did a lot of running, a lot of kicking, a lot of catching. I was pretty good at anything I took up. I was just lucky, maybe had good yep. genes. I don't know. And I had two older brothers <laughs> to play with, so there wasn't much else to do. So um, I remember that first game. So I made the team. I remember that first game and the A's coach, who was George Barlow. Yep, a, a well-known figure. George, a very well-known figure who, you know, George is in Balgowney and even um, he even made the Socceroos squad. Yeah, and, when, and yeah, played yeah. for the state in the Illawarra. Played for the state in the Yeah, very, very good player. A very good in the player. federation. And, and the most, I think, I think I got a lot of my passion from George because yeah. um, he he took it really seriously and he instilled that in us from a young age. And I uh, will go on, but that that Balgowny side I play, I ended up playing in was a very successful team. Would have been one of the best Balgownies probably ever had. I, I don't know, but it was a good side. So George actually watched. The game we must have played before the A's, or yep. I don't know, but he was actually watching, and he, and he comes straight up to me and Mum, and said, um, "I'm looking for another player to bring into my squad, and I want John." And of course, I mean, I'm just a six-year-old kid, and I've gone, oh, "Wow, yeah, I'll, I'll play in the A's." And, Excellent. Um, and sure enough, um, I started training with that squad, and um, yeah, it was the beginning beginning of a, a great. Soccer career, I suppose. And in terms of uh, those junior days, because you you played there from, and we'll talk about your representative career that ran concurrent or alongside your junior days at Balgowney, but uh, name some of the, the players that you, that you played with in that sort of from under sevens to under fifteens. Oh, um, well... I mean, all, once first of all, all great guys, and yep. I still get on the ones that I'm still in touch with, which is quite a few of them. Um, I mean, a couple of players would come and go yep. in, in the following years. But from that under-seven side, there's guys like... Um, there's uh, Graham Lovett, yep. a bit of a Balgowney legend, um, and one of the best players is still one of my great mates, Nigel McTrustry. He was like yep. he was a gun at that age, and right up until you know mid-teens, he was a very, very talented player. <laughs> and we ended up... Yeah, we're still really good mates through our music and everything. But, but um, I don't know, there was other guys like uh, Danny Kerr and, I don't know, Daryl Streeter and yep. there was um, uh, guys like Peter Nikolic come along and, and David Formosa, who was my best friend as a kid growing up at school because we went to a Catholic school. Yep. So a lot of these boys that I played with were my public school friends. Um, <laughs> and that's, that was quite funny. I remember, I remember being in a very young age at, at St John Vianney's and... Um, and we all had to line up and get weighed, you know. And, and I said to the nun, w- w- what's going on here? And she says, oh, you're getting weighed to play 
rugby league. Yep. I said, but I don't play rugby league. I play soccer. Like, I don't even think she knew what soccer was. <laughs> she honestly, they just thought sport is rugby league yep. and you're getting weighed by your weight to play in your age group. And I said, but I don't play that sport. I don't want to play that sport. doesn't matter. We're just going to weigh you. And um, I think my mum actually had to go tell him he didn't actually want to play that sport. He doesn't play that sport. He plays soccer <laughs> for Balgownie. And um, but, but the nuns were that sheltered back then. I, yep. think, I didn't think they realised that there were other sports out there. And there was a bit of a, I guess, a, a split that, you know, the more Catholics played rugby league and... Oh, very much and so. there was that divide yeah, in, yeah, in a yeah. sporting sense as well. But even then, there's a lot of kids at that school, or Catholics, so a lot of European yeah. kids or Italians, and we'd be all outside with, with a lot of Australian kids as well. But but there was... I mean, you'd play both. You'd play footy and soccer. But yep. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of good soccer players out in that playground, <laughs> you know, some really good players. Um, I remember guys like, yeah, Daryl Quirk... And, Dom Cario and guys like that, who all went on to be really good players and they all went to St. John Vianney's, yeah. And so uh, what do you remember of your first A game with, uh, with George Barlow's team? Well, um, George needed a goalkeeper and they already had a team that was pretty set. Yep. And, um, and, and growing up with two older brothers, there, there were times where they, they would actually have shots at me. <laughs> and, um, and I remember my brother Tony saying... You're a pretty good goalkeeper, you know. I mean, I just had okay hand-eye coordination, yep. I imagine, at, even at that young age. So so um, I put my hand up, and I'll never forget it. It was at Ocean Park, Winuna, and we played Winuna. And and um, so he gave me a bit of a warm-up, a few throws, a few kicks, and said, no worries. And um, I played my first game, and we beat Winuna 2-0, who ended up being arch-rivals of ours, and um, been in goals ever since. <laughs> Well, and, and compared to, say, these days where you start off in sort of small uh, five-a-side games as there's no designated goalkeepers back then, you know, it was full fields. Um, you were put pretty much right amongst it from the beginning mm. yeah. and, and didn't really let go. Well, I can understand some kids uh, don't like the position. Back in those days especially, because you'd, honestly you'd be standing there for quite a while without much to do because the field's so big. But um, I just... Took to it. I loved it. I just, I think I loved everyone being in front of me. Yep. And I, I loved that feeling like I was in control and everyone's in front of me. And my job is to guard this goal. And it was just, uh, I don't know, it was just something that I really took to and um, stuck, it's still with me today. And, and what about George Barlow? Um, let's talk a little bit more about him. You know, what did he do for yourself and, and your teammates in terms of he was playing in the association, then the federation. He was an extremely good player, got into the Socceroos squad, Illawarra representative, New South Wales team. So what did he do for you personally? Personally, he, 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 I think he taught me, we might go on a bit later and talk about George Barlow, because then he told me something a few years ago, which was a bit upsetting actually, <laughs> but, but I could sort of understand where he was going with it. But George, um, George, George was just really organised, committed, and passionate, like he didn't just get down the training and go, okay, boys, do two laps and we'll have shots in goals. <laughs> he actually had a structured session. And if we, if it rained, he'd have us in the shed, in the Balgany Junior Soccer Club shed. Yep. He'd have the board out. He'd show us formations, right? This is the WM formation. And we still joke about yeah. it today. Remember the <laughs> WM formation, boys. And, but he was, he was organised and he was passionate and, and he was on the sideline and he was barking out instructions and, and, um, 
I think one of the funniest things, you'd never say my surname. <laughs> to this day, I'm still known as John Karavix. And the boys <laughs> laugh their head off about that. But it's, yeah, Karavix, Karavix. And I remember him saying, can't you kick to halfway? And I'd go, George, I'm only eight. Like, <laughs> I can't reach that yet. But we, have, we used to have a good laugh. But George taught me character, passion, and, and maybe something that's gone a little bit out of the game these days, uh, win. Yep. You win. You know, I watched a documentary on Uruguay football the other day. There's a country of three million people <laughs> that win at all costs. Definitely punching above their average. They always punch above capital. their average, yeah. And Croatia's the same. Four yep. million people, they make the World Cup final. Like, how do they... Well, it's, it's in their character. It's in their, the way they're brought up. They're brought up to win and compete. Whereas we're a bit fluffy with all that out here. And it's sort of gone out of our game a little, which... Which, um, yeah, I mean, I'm still like that when I go out there, when I'm coaching for the Wolves. Yep. I want to win every yep. game. Every game. So. Yeah, no, I, I had that sort of um, will to win and um, it's not a bad thing to have uh, in other parts of your life as well. So in terms of um, sort of other, other moments there in, in the several years that you had at Bowgani Junior Soccer Club, um, was there any sort of shields or knockouts that you played in that, that spring to memory? Well, I've got, a, I've got a great memory here um, that I brought up only recently because uh, a great friend of all of ours recently passed away, Claudia Cellini. And um, Claude was one of those gifted players, you know. And um, my first recollection of Claude was playing him in the under-7s final at Warilla in the under-7s Ian Cannon Memorial Shield. I yep. still have that trophy upstairs, I think. <laughs> anyway, um, and Claude was a gun. He was such a good player. By far the best player on, on pretty much on the pitch, really, he was. Um, and we scored. We scored early, I think through Graham Lovett from memory, I think. But anyway, I have to ask GL that. But, you know, with only a few minutes left on the clock, um, they got a penalty and Claude stepped up. And I've never felt so nervous. You know, <laughs> this is my big moment. This is it. And um, and I, I saved it. <laughs> I couldn't believe I actually saved it. And we won the game. And poor old Claude had a bit of a cry because I, I, I think he... Just, and he was he playing with Coromel at the time? Or he was what? playing for Coromel, yeah. yeah. So it's Coromel v Balkany. There's another good rivalry there because Coromel were always strong, particularly because of Claude. But it's a great memory, you know, and, and it only come back to me recently when, when Claude's passing and um, we had a beer for Claude up at the Bally Pub and, and I mentioned that to a couple of people and it was just, it's just a nice memory. You know, you remember a guy, you saved your first penalty <laughs> against him and he was a gun player, like he's a superstar. And um, uh, publicly uh, our condolences go out to to his family and friends, and um, he is sorely missed. Yes. In terms of, um, uh, I guess, yourself <laughs> becoming a goalkeeper, um, you know, did you watch senior football at the time um, or, or TV? Um, where were you drawing some inspiration? Uh, I've, got, I've got some really good memories there, particularly at Balgowney. Um My dad, Paul, he was... Because I was the youngest of three, I think the older boys sort of, they sort of started doing their own thing. But Dad uh, liked hanging out with me and taking me to games. And he, he'd take me to the old Judy Masters Oval. It's called Balgiani Oval then, I think. Yeah. With the little old grandstand in the middle. And um, they were actually in the state first division. And they were a good side. And, and it was back in the days where the, the ground wasn't even barricaded off. But you, they'd still pay a donation to walk yeah. in. Like everyone would walk in and pay their 20 cents or something. And... And I loved it. Dad would take me there. And, and, and there were some really good players on show, you know. And there was guys that I looked up to, even as a young Natch Vardarif, you know. Yep. I'd watch Natch play and go, wow, that's pretty cool. Like, sort of. And then there was other goalkeepers that come along. And then 
and then so they were great afternoons and then um, I remember sitting behind the goal watching the keeper at the time I can't remember who it is and, and next to me come and sat Adrian Alston and Peter Wilson Socceroos oh, and wow. Max Tolson <laughs> who lived on Bialgowny Oval and they're sitting next to me and even at that age I knew who they were and I was like wow I'm sitting next to three Socceroos here and then <laughs> and then Dad would also then uh, become because um, I think then they might have been playing for St George but then they played for Safeway United yep. I, I believe yep. and, and, and Dad would we'd get on the Dion's bus in Ferry Meadow I, yep. I grew up next to the um, when we moved from Breeders Street moved to uh, the the Anar Street, yep. which is next to the Cabbage Tree Hotel. Yep. So we'd walk to the end of the street, jump on a Dion's bus, the one that said Ostermere, <laughs> all the way to Winona, get off at Ball's Paddock, and Dad would take me to the games there. And that, that's where I started watching legends like Jimmy Fraser and Dave Maguire for RPL Leichhardt and, and Daryl Glover in goals for Safeway. Oh, wow. and, um, and, of course, all the great players on show, Johnny Warren and all the guys. And, 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 I, and I vividly remember that. And... and they're, they're really good memories. Like as a nine and ten year old, being able to go watch them and then we'd, the game would finish, win, lose, or draw. Dad would go have a schooner or two in the, the old Bulleye Soccer Club across the road yep. and I'd play in the car park with the other kids. Then we'd jump on the bus and go home. Very simple life. But to me, it's, they're great it's memories. beautiful. Yeah. And do you think um, it's not one of those ones where we get older and we always say that things were better, but, but realistically... This was a state league, um, and there wasn't, you know, the NSL was about to form in '77. So this is before this. That this was pretty much a de facto A league slash NSL. Very good standard, and the crowds were great. Like mum, uh, mum, mum would be at home listening to it on the radio. It was live coverage on the radio, no TV coverage, yep. of course. And we'd be at the game, or I'd sometimes listen to it on the radio if I couldn't get to the game, but. Yep. Ball's Paddock, if everyone remembers it, is a beautiful um, boutique little ground. enclosed ground. Similar to what I've got now, but even better with the big hill and everything. Yep. And, and uh, the pub was up the top. And then, I mean, I used to get a buzz just watching the players come down that that aisle right down yeah. the hill. And it's just like... And sort of descending run, down. They come in right next to the goal mouth. And that's where I used to love to sit, behind the goals, you know, because I studied the goalkeepers. Even at that age, I watched, I watched their mannerisms, the mannerisms, the way they spoke the way they warmed up, everything. I was just I was just fascinated. I was just one of those kids. That was my passion and that's it, you know. And and running alongside your junior career with Bowgowney, um, at, at a at a period of time in, in under twelves, you then were selected as a Illawarra representative and had three or four years there as a, in the junior well, ranks. I was uh, it's a funny story though. I was, I was sort of in and out. Um, our Bowgowney side was very strong, very, very strong. And I even back then, I was pretty confident. I thought, you know what, I think I'm the best goalkeeper in this age group. From what I've seen, yeah. I was pretty confident. Under-11 squad got picked. George never picked me. George Barlow was the coach. So he My was own the coach. coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's funny, he told me years later, why? I said, anyway, it's funny because I... And I was, I was gutted. I was gutted. I used to get on my bike and go watch that team play. And I'm going, well, I should be out there. But I wasn't in under-11s. But he did pick me under 12s and he, he picked the Dapto goalkeeper, who was really good. His name was Ashley Cooper. He was a good yep. keeper. Um, um, and there was some other good keepers around that age. There's a boy at Oak Flats and I know my good mate Dave Curley was a good goalkeeper. Yep. But I think he played in the second division, so maybe he didn't get as recognised because he wasn't in the first division. But he was a good goalkeeper too. And, and anyway, so I was a bit gutted by that. But the next year he did pick me and 
that's where I said I was, I was sort of in and out of the Illawarra squad because he'd either go with one goalkeeper or two. But um, Ashley Cooper ended up becoming a very good goalkeeper. So I found it hard for me to oust him. But um, but I suppose I could go into what I, I, I actually organised a reunion for our team years and yep. years later at the Bowdoin Junior Soccer Hall. And, and George was there with all these paper clippings, his scrapbooks, and I, I had a really, really good chat with him, and I said, George, you know what I'm still gutted about? You didn't pick me for Illawarra. And he goes, John, I'll be honest with you, I thought you were the best goalkeeper, but I had that many players from Balgiani, because half of our team was in the squad. He said, I couldn't, I couldn't pick you as well. I had to, someone, something had to give. And I chose, and because he was a good keeper as well, I chose that. And I said, you told me after all these years. <laughs> That's still eating away at me. Anyway, so I did play in and out of that squad and I was in the 15s, 15s, 12s. Um, um, I think they always had me there as a backup, yep. but I wasn't officially in the squad. But then back in the 15s, I was in the squad. And, 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 and that was a really good team with some great players like, my God, some of those players were really hot players. Claudia Salini, Bobby Toff. Warren Baker, Anthony Wellborn, Nigel McTrustry, Peter Rogers, like uh, Simo from Shell Harbour. Who else? That Tame, so, Tame so, so did your um, really good appetite players. then for the game increase even more with that yes. sort of in and out of the Illawarra? That yes, yes. you like playing against the other representative yes, teams, yes. testing yourself, challenging yourself. Yes. That really, that really, really drove me to to want to be the best I could be, yep. and um, I so wanted to. To even at a young age, I really wanted to. I wanted to play as high as I, I could, and and a lot of those guys, maybe they, they didn't kick on, and they were probably more talented than me. But yeah. I had some. I had a bit of drive in me, and I really. Um, and as I got older, I I had that drive to, to really have a crack. What was um, and we'll talk about your extensive coaching career, especially in a specialised position like goalkeeping. But uh, looking back at it now. Um, what was uh, the goalkeeping coaching techniques back then, or, 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 or was it pretty basic? Well, it was, there was none. I, I mean, I was sort of blessed. Uh, one of my coaches at Balgani was Walter Chichkin. Yep. And Walter's a very, very well-known um, uh, football personality. I guess uh, we'll talk much, about him when you, we yeah, talk about your Ferry Meadow Yeah, well, he stint. pretty much ran Ferry Meadow. But he, his son, John, came into our side, I think, in the under-8s. Maybe it wasn't, yeah, I think in the under eight. So, so Walter was heavily, so, so pretty much it was the, the George Barlow and the Walter Chichkin and, 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 and the manager was uh, Nigel's dad, Jock McTrustry, who's yep. a legend as well. And, um, and, and, and I mentioned that reunion because we were such a close-knit team, both the players and all the parents. And, and it was a fantastic day down there we had. But, but um, Walter would actually give me a little bit of basic goalkeeping catch because he yep. was actually a top keeper in the State League for Winuna and the yeah. local comps and... That's he was right. just one of those guys that was good as everything. You know, he's a really good, he's a ping pong champion, um, um, and, and, a, and a very good goalkeeper. He's got some funny stories to tell too. But so I did get some basic coaching for him, and then and then the rest of it was honestly, it was just learn how you go. It was it was shots and goals in the backyard. You know, I mean, me and my mates, my mate Dave, we'd go to his place and we'd play Gordon Banks versus Pelo. <laughs> He was he was Pele, I was Gordon Banks, you know, <laughs> and then we'd maybe have a swap, and but um, that was the sort of thing we did, lots of, and, and then and then um, and then when I become really good friends in, in in high school with David Curley, we both had this common interest in goalkeeping, obviously, so yeah. we become really close friends, and we'd go we'd go watch goalkeepers all around the district, we'd go watch legends like. 
Phil Potter and yeah. Fabio Fabrinesi and, and Charlie Edwards at Tara and, and Natch Vardarif and Justin Norris and, and we they all had their little styles. So we'd we'd copy we'd we'd make up little saves and copy their styles and I tell you what, the only, the first bit of real goalkeeping that we probably got was a soccer goalkeeper. There's an old referee called Tony Boscovich. Yeah. He passed away. But he was a very passionate referee and he was one of the first guys to start a soccer academy. And he actually he actually came down to Judy Masters and he was bringing Greg Woodhouse. The, oh, wow. He was the, at the time, he was 20 years old, but he was the national number one goalkeeper. He was our soccer number one. And Dave Curley and I said, oh, we're going down to that for sure. <laughs> and um, we went down and straight away, we called him Woodsy. So Woodsy <laughs> spotted that us two had, had a bit of an idea compared to the other kids. So he sort of took us aside and gave us a few little technical pointers. And we actually oh, got a little bit of, there's only a little bit. There's oh. a little bit of coaching by Greg Woodhouse at my home ground. So I was in my element. Um, and then and then um, and then Woodsy actually went in goals and they, they did some shots at him and he put on a show like he was you know flying through the air catching and um, we just Dave and I were just you know so there's there's some things that where it. you can be I guess coached but um, inspiring the mental side of you uh, helps a, a great deal as well. Well, everyone knows um, you have to be very mentally tough to be a goalkeeper and um, you know I still played in games where. I conceded one in the last minute and it was tough to take. Yep. I was upset, I was angry at myself, I let my teammates down. It's a, it's a very, very responsible position. You, you might not have, not, not have anything to do the whole game and then something yeah. like that. But you've got, you got to know, you just got to know how to get over that. you just got to, you got to build, you got to build that mental toughness and, and resilience and, and um, going into my coaching, um, that's a very big prerequisite. You, not only do the kids want to be goalkeepers, they need to be um, mentally mentally ready prepared, for it yep. and prepared for it because there's highs and there's lows, and you've got to be able to you know the highs are fantastic, but you've got to be able to deal with you've got to be able to deal with the lows and there's plenty of them as a goalkeeper. Before we uh, transition into the senior ranks, uh, can we talk a bit about um, with Balgani some of the uh, the championships, grand finals, champions of champions. Um, that oh, you're involved well, look, with it was, it was a very very successful side so we, we had we had some good arch rivals in the younger days it was it was the Yukoramals and your Wanunas. Yep. Um, but we gradually got um, we got a bit better than them I think they had some outstanding individuals whereas we had both we had some great individuals but also a great team and a lot of fighting spirit and George made sure that like you know, you go one down, you fight back, or, or yep. you know, we, we're winning this game, we close it out, or we, we put them to the sword. He was win at all costs, and, and um, yeah, we, we won quite a few. Um, so we won, you know, every year we were always, most times we won the league, we won the gala day was a big thing. There was always an age group knockout. We generally yep. won, um, I've got tons of trophies upstairs from all those knockouts and things, and they're great memories. Um, the, the one regret was we never won the New South Wales Champion of Champions. We, we got to the final. Um, some of those Sydney teams were really good. You'd, you'd be playing against sides with some of them had two or three New South Wales players, um, particularly we, we played St Mary's in the final yep. at Seymour Shore Park in under-14s and still one of the biggest games of my life, really. It was <laughs> such a big game, good crowd, high pressure, good, both good teams, and, and they pipped us 3-2. And um, it was, um, you know, that's just one that got away. We, we had chances, we had chances, but that's football, you know. Yeah. You, you don't, sometimes you don't always win 
So you come to the end of your, your junior career or time. Um, uh, you joined Ferry Meadow. Uh, what was the decision-making process behind that? Well, that was a pretty easy decision. Um, actually, growing up, I, I really liked Ferry Meadow, the yep. club and the team, and, and my coach, Walter Titchkin, had a lot to do with it. I also loved Tarawana because yep. um, my friends and I, you know, Dave Curley, Dave Formosa, the boys, we used to go up there and watch Tarot all the time. Yep. But um, I knew that was one club I could never play for because Dave <laughs> Curley was going to play for Tarawana. <laughs> we couldn't play for the same team, obviously. So, so um, I, I went for... Um, uh, well, Walter was actually heavily involved with Ferry yeah, Meadow. And Ferry Meadow were a very yep. successful team in the Illawarra Premier League. They were like yeah. the gun team. 78, 79 and 80, they, they'd won it. So uh, you joined Ferry Meadow. Uh, what were your first impressions there? Because they were, like you said, a, a strong team in 78, 79, 80 and, and won everything that could be put in front of them in the Illawarra Premier League and, and then they went to State League and um, you joined them in, in, in 81. Yeah, I joined them in 81 and the senior coach was um, Hugh Tinney yep. and Hugh was a bit of an idol. Like He was a great Scottish international import great guy great coach great player and um and so obviously but i was only 15 so i went in there in the under 18 squad with larry ashbolt yep and a few of my belgiani teammates went there as well so it's an easy transition you know you played played right up to foot belgiani till 15s played for elawara so you'd be playing both days and then and some of those other Illawarra players, because it was state league, they, yep. they come and play for that team as well. And there was a good rivalry with our neighbours, Wollongong United. So they were a strong side, yep. and we were a strong side. And, and there's, there's a nice little rivalry there from all our, our young players. Um, some of the other better players went and played for the Wollongong Wolves started. Yep. So had some good players our age group that played for the, for the Wolves. So there was sort team. of three pathways there. Yeah, it was really good, actually. It was, back in the, it was, a, it was a good setup because... You could go. You could be local and just yep. play for your mates. Okay, if you really wanted to step up, you could play for Wollongong United or Ferry Meadow. And yep. then if you really gave it a good crack and you got selected, you'd play for the Wollongong Wolves. And and um, so my my destiny at that stage was yep. Ferry Meadow. I was comfortable going there. I knew Frankie Saladino. I knew because um, he used to come and help us at the Algani. Um, um, who else was there? Paul Mahanadis back there, I think, and Walter Chichkin, and just all these guys who run Ferry Meadow who were a very successful side. So, was, and, and, and Hugh Tinney was the head coach. Was, and the first team was a great side of some great players. So it was just a good, um, it was a good, good transition, an easy transition. Well, it seemed like you were very comfortable because you knew a lot of people and, and a few of your teammates had come along. So... So what did you think of that sort of level? And you're still a young age as well, so how did you take yeah, under 18? So like if you're I'll, 15 turning 16 in that year, how did you... I was still a kid. I was a little bit of a late bloomer, I suppose. Yep. I, I, I sort of, I was a skinny skinny kid, had a bit of height. I was, I was agile, but I, I wasn't strong. Um, yep. But, um, but I got thrown into, you know, I was playing 18s on the bench for reserve grade, so you're with the men, and, and, then, and then all of a sudden I, I did some training sessions um, with, with the older squad, and I was only a kid still, so, but I was in awe of these players. Like, I was, yeah. all of a sudden I've gone from juniors to, to training with guys like Mick Richardson and, and, um, and they, they, Kel Potter started that season, and yep. he was a great goalkeeper, a 
really imposing. He seemed like a really he, imposing man as well. He was. He was just a big, confident goalkeeper and, and, and nice to look up to him. And, and, and he just had a nice persona about him. Um, you know, Casey Bruin picked him in the Illawarra team and in the 1980 team. I think they, I think him and Justin Norris were the keepers they taught New Zealand. New Zealand, and, yeah, they did. And I, used to, I couldn't wait to read the Illawarra Mercury and read about how that team's going, you know. And then I ended up playing with a lot of those guys. And <laughs> it was just amazing. Uh, or coached by them or, or against them. So, yeah, that, that, that transition of being a kid and idolising some of these guys and all of a sudden training with them, like hey. Mick Richardson wow. and guys like that, who, who I only saw the other day, and I still see him, and it's like total respect, you know. It's like total respect. I said, Mick, you're one of the best players I've ever played with, you know. <laughs> and he, of course, just shrugs that off, but it's true. He really was one of the best yeah, players I've ever played with. A real midfield so, maestro. But I did, unfortunately, I broke my, my arm that year and I, I missed the back end of the season. Yep. And um, I broke my arm and, and pretty much only played yeah, half a season that year. And so did that, um, I guess, deflate your confidence or was that part of your um, sort of upbringing and mentality that you thought, well, I'm going to get this fixed and I'm going to come well, back bigger and better yeah, than ever? I, I got it fixed. I come back and it's, it's funny, funny enough, my, my next coach, and I went straight into training with the first team because... Yep. They were in the process of looking for a senior goalkeeper. Um, my next coach was, believe it or not, was Casey De Bruyne. My God, what a first coach, senior, like real senior coach to have. Like, and that was Casey at Ferry Meadow, was it? That was at Ferry Meadow. Casey yep. had gone, I mean, he'd catch Dapto, he'd catch the Illawarra Rep team. And everyone had heard of Casey De Bruyne, but yep. I'd never met him. And yeah. then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm back from a broken arm. This is, training. And this is 82 we're this talking. This is 82, yeah. yeah, so I just started my apprenticeship. Um, the off-season just consisted of going down the park with the boys and having shots and goals <laughs> and getting getting some confidence back with my wrist and I'd strap it up a bit and then all of a sudden I'm training with, you know, Reg Chilby, Steve Baker, um, Bob Fricasso. Some household names here. <laughs> Mickey Richardson, like some absolute legends, you know. And, um, and they were great. They helped me along, and, you know, um, they, even if they didn't know my name, they'd call me youngster, kid, and then it was Johnny, come on Johnny, and and, um, and I was buzzing training with those guys, um, and, and I think Casey, Casey, like George Barlow, taught yep. me hard work pays off, Yep. let's get down there, and then so what they did, they he was chasing a senior keeper, and at the time, he was using me, because... He was chasing Warwick Young. Warwick right. Young, I think, I think from memory, had been with Coral, but was trialling for Mark Haney, maybe. Okay. So Warwick was another very good keeper. And I don't think they signed him, but he, they, he, uh, Casey signed him for Ferry Meadow. So, but before that, I made my first grade debut. I've actually played as a sixteen-year-old wow. first grade for Ferry Meadow. And I've still got the photo and the paper clipping. So in, because in, we're talking state league here. We're talking and state league. Pre-season match, but yeah, a very but still competitive game. Playing against adult men. Adult men, and here I am, 16, going in, like nervous as hell, and and, um, and we had a two-all draw, and the, the, the goal was a deflection. They got us right at the death of the deflection, and and I I thought I could have done better. I just, I don't know what happened. I, I couldn't, it was just a, a deflected goal of someone's head, and I didn't get my hand there in time, and it still went in. Two-all draw, and I... I felt a bit shattered and I went up to Casey and I said, I'm sorry. And he just looked at me and he said, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about how bad our team played. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he didn't care that I conceded the goal. He was worried about the team. And I went, oh, God, I thought he was going to roast me because he was, he was yeah. a very 
you know, full-on coach and he used to let the players have it if they didn't perform, which he did. But, um, but um, and then, then, of course, they, they did sign... Uh, Warwick. Warwick. Yep. And so did you play and, reserve grade then, in that 82 season? And then we had, had Warwick and um, who else? I think Sean Billington come along there from Fig Tree for one season. So I was sort of in and out of the 18s, in and out of reserve grade. Um, that 82 season with Casey. Yeah, that was sort of... Um, yeah, it's just all a learning experience. But I trained a lot, still trained a lot with the first team, which was good, just training with the men, developing... Yep. But Casey used to actually, like he was an, an innovator. We didn't have a goalkeeper coach. Casey yep. was the goalkeeper coach. He'd get down there an hour before training. And he would train work, all the keepers. He would work us and work us hard. And then we'd still train with the team. So I learned that work ethic that, yep. you know, you go training for two and a half hours, no big deal. You know, home was only up the road. And <laughs> had a great mum. There was always food on the table and plenty, you know. So it was just, and I, I mean, I just loved it anyway. But, but I, he taught me that work ethic as a 16 year old and 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 I continued that on the next year um, um, in 1983 Mike Johnson took over and Mike Mike liked Mike liked me he just said you know you've, yep. you've got some talent and um, and he used to do the same thing he used to give me goalkeeping training and Warwick Warwick ended up staying at the club and then, and then, towards the end of the season, Warwick broke his fingers. I think from memory, there's a paper clipping there, yeah. and, um, and they brought in brought in the seventeen-year-old goalkeeper. And I finished off the season playing first grade, and I did quite well. I did quite well. And is your uh, body, like you said, you were a pretty yeah. thin kid at that age? Yeah, um, yeah. How did how did the physicality of of state league go oh, with look, you I, I started you know i started doing some light resistance stuff just yep. to get a bit bigger and I was, I was starting to mature and i showed up actually i'll tell you a great memory that the start of that season was once again i was i was there as a 17 year old and i was pretty much the first team keeper and we had a we had a pre-season trial at zames park against the wollongong walls yep who were awesome larry gaffney glenn fontana jock melando Jeff Ainsworth, yep. um, I think Natra's in goals, or who was in goals? Maybe John Fleming as well. Um, I can't a... But that would have been the start of 83. Yep. And um, and I had a blinder. I had a blinder. I, I, they only beat us. Like, we were just a state league team, and, a, and, and we started pre-season pretty late. And, and they only beat us 2-1. And I, had, I just had one of those games. I had a really good game. And uh, it was awesome to have all these guys that I used to go to Wollongong Showground and watch coming up to me going... You know, shaking my hand, saying, "You got a big future, son. Great game, and all this." And it just gave me a lot of confidence. You know, I'll never forget that game. So that pre-season, even though you were eighty-three in and out there, and played the latter part in first grade with Warwick's broken finger, you always had confidence, I guess, in your own ability because of the performances and and practice you'd put in. Yeah, I was really starting to get that. You just start to mature around that age, and when when you play a few games and you get comfortable with playing with those senior guys. You, you you grow fast you grow fast and um, it, it, it was great it was good because these days some of those young goalkeepers they don't get as many opportunities mainly because the older keepers keep playing 
they keep themselves in good shape, they make good money, and they keep playing. And so sports the young science, ones, all but I think sort of that's stuff. a bit of an issue in Australian football at the moment. Whereas back in my day, playing state league first grade at like 20, being a regular, you know, I was a regular in goals at 19, 20 um, in the state league division one. Uh, Bobby Catlin, Dragon Pooper Bats, all those guys, all my age, we're all playing. playing. These days, a lot of the 20 year olds are still playing under 20s. Most of the keepers are the more mature ones that have been around for a while in their late 20s, early 30s. Top quality keepers. Yeah. But they're not letting the younger ones gain the experience, and there's not enough teams for them to play for. So there's been a lot of publicity later about why we're not producing as many goalkeepers as we used to, and that's why. So. Our Matty Ryan yep. was first grade at Central Coast Mariners at 18. Yeah, he got, a, he got a bit of luck, an injury to Jess Van Stratton, but he got in and Graham Arnold had faith in him. And now look at him. He's, you know, Socceroo, 70 caps, Brighton's number one. Yeah, exactly. And um, but he had that opportunity. He had that opportunity to play. And that's, I think that's missing a bit these days. So at the end of 83, you'd, you'd filled in there and done a, a very good job um, were you looking forward then to, to 84 and, and what you could produce on the field? I was, I was. Because 83, um, uh, Mike Johnson, I think he was going through some personal stuff. So he actually left and Billy DeGraff took over. So I was playing under Billy DeGraff, who was another world legend. Yeah. Uh, Kiwi International. He'd come along and was player coach. And he had a lot of faith in me. And I, I had a couple of cracking games under Billy and he said, you know, John, you should really stay here next year. I won't be here, but you should yep. stay here and, and try and play as high as you can. And, um, you know, um, you know, well, as, as high as I can probably would have been going to the Wollongong Wolves, but I couldn't go to the Wollongong Wolves because my best mate Dave Curley was there. <laughs> so it was like, it was really hard. We always said we'd never play for the same team when we can't. So I was happy for him to be there yep. and, and he was doing some great stuff at the walls and I was happy to be in the first team squad at Fremantle in the State League um, and, and, and like you said it's a nice little it's, it's a good little uh, it's a good little development process to get to where we all got to um, so, so in terms yeah. of uh, 84 um, uh, was it a big season for you in terms well, of what, what transpired? it was a huge season for me because I was 18 and I was 18 and Mike Johnson got reinstated. He said, no, I'm coming back to Fremantle, unfinished, unfinished business. Um, yeah, I think there's some personal issues he had. I don't know, but he come back and he put together a crack squad and he said to me, you're a really good young keeper, but I don't think you're experienced enough. Um, I'm gonna ask Warwick to come back. And yep. I said, that's okay, I'll, I'll stay. Warwick's first grade, that's yep. all right. Warwick's like six years older than me, so. Um, but anyway, Warwick at the time was trialling with St George, Frank Garrock. So yep. St George had uh, a very good team, and Terry Greedy was their number one, the Australian number one at the time. And uh, Warwick got a gig. Warwick, Warwick got just got a contract. So, so Mike, Mike, um, Mike said, "Well, who else? Who else can we get? Because I've, I've only got John and another young keeper. I need an experienced keeper." And I think at the time, Alan Duncan was doing really well at uh, Fern Hill. He was like yep. a rep keeper, and he was a good keeper and a great guy, Al. Great guy. And, and, and he came down to training a few times. And um, I don't know, I mean, at that time, I, I got myself really, really fit. Yep. And um, I was training the house down. And um, I don't know, Al, Al come for a few sessions. And 
And I think they said, look, we've got to sign a senior keeper because John's only 18. Yep. And um, and I don't think Al, I think Al knocked it back. I don't know. I think he yep. went back to Fernhill or he moved to, I don't, I don't know. So anyway, Mike just said to me, the gig's yours. And I grabbed it with both hands and I, I trained. Like Mike, was, Mike was another one who, who used to coach goalkeepers for the teams he coached in Sydney at Sutherland, St George. And like really good goalkeepers like Alan Maher, Mike Fraser. These guys played for Australia as well. And uh, Mike Fraser was a great keeper for St George for many years. And Alan Maher, of course, you know, yeah. he, went, he actually went to the, I think he was in the Soccer Squad 74, or was the third keeper, I think. But anyway, so Mike used to give me a lot of time and a lot of training. And, and um, actually, the other goalkeeper was Haji Mehmet Yaglipana. Yep. Um, he, he, was a, he was actually a really good goalkeeper too. And, and, and Haji, Haji was there. But I don't know, I, I think uh, Mike just favoured me over Hutch. Um, he was one year older than me, but he favoured me over Haji. And, um, and we put together a good side. And, and that, was, that was an amazing year, an amazing year. I, I played a full year of first grade. At 18, which really matured me as a as a keeper and a person, and and, and we won the league. And, and the story of winning the league is it'll go down in history as one of the greatest. Was it, was that the year that yourselves and Wollongong Macedonia were really yeah. the title favourites? There might have been another yeah. team, but it came down yeah. to the, yeah. the last game of the season. Still, I think they were still called Wollongong United there, and and they were coached by Johnny Bingham, and they had a gun side. They had. Oh, I'll go off track a bit again. No, they that's had, fine. They had Peter Terzioski in goals. Yeah. Peter's my idol. Peter. Yeah, you had a, a good nice memory story. of it. I've got a good memory of Peter because growing up at the Cabbage Tree Hotel in the street, yeah. um, in, in 1975, uh, Middlesbrough, first division English professional team, come and stayed at that hotel and they were playing Wollongong City at Balls Paddock. And I'll never forget this. So me and my next door neighbour, Robbie DiPetro, went up there and, and, and I knew all the players because, of course, I grew up watching... Um, star soccer in the big match <laughs> as well as other really good like like I said I was a football nut so I'd watch soccer from West Germany on a Saturday morning Saturday night would be you know stay at home watch Creature Feature then star <laughs> soccer was on after that and I, so I got I, I knew all these players I knew Jerry Armstrong Alan Foggett Graham Souness like and, and the coach was Jack Charlton yeah. and Craig Johnson ended up playing for that side Anyway, they, they, um, they got off the bus and they were in their rooms and they were ironing clothes and hanging around and I just went around and started talking to them and I said, I know who you are and I got their autographs and, and I said, I saw that goal you scored when you took the keeper <laughs> and they're like a standard, wow. this little 10-year-old kid who knew all this stuff and so I was... Halfway around the world as well. I was, I was in awe. So when you were there at the Patch um, or the Cabbage Tree Hotel, uh, you did get a, a memento as well, didn't you? Yeah, it was funny that the coach at the time was um, Jack Charlton, you know, England, great. Um, he, he won the 66 World Cup with that side and he, he was the coach. And, and I actually bumped into him just in the stairwell with, with my friend, I think it was wow. Robbie Petro. And, and, he, um, and we started chatting and, and I talked to him. I remember even as a kid, I sort of I knew, you know, who he was and, and what he'd accomplished in his career. And he actually said, um, look, I've got, a, I've got a shirt here. You can guess sort of which hand my, my keys are in, and, and uh, I guessed right. And um, he gave me that shirt, and I've still got that shirt to this day. And um, it was a great memento. And then going on to see the players play at Balls Paddock was uh, was pretty cool. So that was a, a real highlight, just meeting the great Jackie Charlton. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Brother, brother, of, brother of Bobby, of course, Manchester yeah. United great. 
and all at the Cabbage Tree Hotel, which is uh, oh, w- yeah. it wouldn't happen these days. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Dad takes me out to the game at Balls Paddock that night, and I think it might have been Daryl Glover or, or who was it? I, I, was it Natch? Or something? I can't remember. So the first team keeper. Yeah, was I think it player. could have been Natch. So a 16-year-old Peter Terziovsky was playing for Wollongong City. Anyway. And, and Middlesbrough were professionals. They were just bombarding us. And Terz was absolutely on fire. Like, he was <laughs> he was ridiculously good. I couldn't believe he was only... Someone said, that's Peter, he's Macedonian boy, he's only 16. And I'm going, what? He's only 16? And he was wow. a real solid guy, very athletic. And, and I'll never forget being behind the goals, and there would have been two, three hundred Macedonian guys, you know, yep. pumpkin seeds, drinking... And, and all they were doing was chanting his name. They were going, Peter, Peter. And he was <laughs> saving everything Middlesbrough threw at him. And I said to my dad, and I said, I want to be just like him. Wow. I'll forget it. And so that year uh, in 84, when Ferry Meadow and Wollongong Macedonia were the, the two uh, top teams in, in that yeah. state league division. So, so it's ironic. He, so he was the keeper yeah, for yeah, them. Yeah, he was the keeper for them. And, and they had a gun side with Johnny Bingham and... Harry Satin, Paul Giraldi, and uh, Phil Mowbray, and I oh know, did we? Have, yeah, yeah they, Phil Mowbray went back to them, and, and um, who else did they have? Andy Campbell, the big uh, Chrissy, Chrissy at the back, the big Macedonian defender. Um, so two strong lineups. Barney, Barney King up front, who was a murderer. Oh my God, he used to clean me up so many times, and um, they were good. Anyway, as it panned out, what happened was we drew each other last game of the season. So we beat them at Berkeley, 2-1. Neil Williams scored. Neil Williams, there's another guy that was an unbelievably good player, one of the best I've ever played with. And so we had, we had a good side, you know. We had, we had, um, who we had? Maurizio Monteki and, and, um, and uh, Mickey White, Paul, Paul Jones, then Richo and Neil Williams, and we had Robbie Giraldi, so Paul and Robbie, twin brothers, playing against <laughs> each other. It was amazing. Um, Stevie Baker up top. Well, I mean, what a goal scorer. The guy learned his craft at Buddy Guest Park for Meadow. He could still hit a ball better than anyone these days. Anyone. Like, he could put it in the can. Amazing. Shoot both feet. Head. Quality players. You know, really good finishes. And anyway, the story goes, Police Boys Club, Sunday afternoon. There were no other games scheduled. This is to decide the league. This is last game of the season. Both teams level points. Both teams level goal difference. Like you couldn't, couldn't script it. You better couldn't script that. it better. So we go out there and warm up, and I just looked around. I'm like, oh my god, this is the police boys club in North Wollongong, and it is absolutely jammed, packed. Like, it's like the old uh, balls paddock days. And I'm going, I'm pinching myself. Going, I'm actually here. I'm playing in this, the biggest game of my life by a mile. You know. <laughs> anyway, I turn around just to see your faces, people talking to me, singing out, saying Johnny and stuff like that, and I'm just going, this is incredible. This is incredible that there's so many people jammed in for this massive game, and the game and the game kicked off, and there was atmosphere, and there was there was there was all the Italians singing the Ferry Meadow chants, all the Macedonians <laughs> and the horns and things going off, and and of course um, uh, another guy I didn't mention, Jock Melando was in our team. He scored one of the best bicycle kicks I've ever seen. Jock scored a beautiful goal, and anyway, I won't drag on too much, but as it panned out, it ended up being two-two yep. in a very end-to-end exciting game massive crowd 2-2 already people starting to talk about a replay midweek replay 
And we had um, another guy we signed mid-season because Bowie Drain broke his leg. Ian Drain, yes. the legend, broke his leg in that season, which is a bloody shame. Uh, we signed Tony Charnock, who was probably the oh. best player in the LI Premier League at that time from Bulleye. And Tony hit, hit one from... Um, hit one from 30 outside the box. It hit, I think it was Andy Campbell on the ankle. Peter Turs went one way and it just just slowly rolled into the other <laughs> corner, like with 30 seconds on the clock. And we won 3-2. And it was just mayhem. I've never been so excited. That was just crazy. Like, we didn't... We didn't leave the pitch. <laughs> we didn't leave the freight either. <laughs> yeah, how were the celebrations of the fraternity club? They would have been huge. Because that was not just winning the league, but promotion as well, wasn't it? That was promotion to the, to the state league number one, which back in those days was a, a really strong competition. You know, you had, you had really good sides. You had Canterbury and your Parramatta Melitas and your, um, I don't know, there was Bankstown and all those sides. that And, and they had promotion to the national leagues. Yeah. If you won that league... You'd get promotion to the NSL. There's a big cherry on top. There's a big cherry on top. So yeah. you must have been personally satisfied with that season to, to play the full season, win the league, win yeah. promotion, and, yeah. and really... Yeah. And and looking back on it now, um, it's amazing that you're an 18-year-old as well. Yeah, yeah, I was 18. I was a youngster. There's a couple of other young guys in that squad. But there's also a really good mix of quality and experienced players, you know, guys that were in there, um, you know, Early to mid twenties, and a couple of couple of older guys like Richo and, yep. and that, and, that, and um, yeah, yeah. We had another. Actually, we started the season with Mark Sweeney at the back, but he went overseas, and we ended up with Maurizio Montecchi, who came over from the and, and he was a, he was a fantastic sweeper. Back in those days, he played with a sweeper, you know, <laughs> and um, so the goalkeeper position was even easier. <laughs> um, so that was a great a great moment in my career, and I'll, I'll never forget that day. That's fantastic. And, and what about um, coming into 85, um, uh, John Fleming um, then took over uh, Ferry Meadows' team. And, and, yeah. and, and, what, and what about yourself? You, you did... Um, well, I wanted to stay, yep. and I, I did stay, but John said, look, we're going into the State League, and um, Warwick had a really a good season at St George, but he only played like three games or right. something. Terry Greedy was the soccer number one. So I think yep. Warwick wanted to play regular first team and State League 1 is a good league. Yep. So Warwick come back. So I, I pretty much had to play second fiddle to Warwick again. <laughs> but but it, I, I, did, I actually learned a lot from Warwick. He was a, he was a, a tough old school goalkeeper and he, um, you know, I actually, I actually learned, learned stuff from Warwick as well. Was, we got on fine. It's a bit know. different for, for goalkeepers, isn't it? Because it's a specialised position. There's only one on the field. Yeah, yeah. So, but you work closely together at training, yet yet you're really focusing just for one spot as well. So there's sort of that juxtaposition, yeah. I guess, of well, you're really close because you're working together, but you're fighting for each place. It's the life of a goalkeeper. You yeah. can have a lot of clubs with really good so-called second keepers that just don't get that crack or that break and I can see why professional clubs loan them out to give yeah. them game time look I did the whole pre-season with that team Johnny Fleming put together a really good side and we we come within a, a whisker a whisker of actually winning the competition there's one amazing game I still don't know how it happened but that, that killed us but but Flynn was, um, what he did in that season, like he was a player coach and to get those guys and, and to go in, get promotion and then go in and actually beat all these state league one teams. They were entrenched in the league. They were yeah. entrenched in the league for all these years. I mean, never forget coming home from one game in Sydney in um, 
they used to have the talkback, uh, the talkback show with Peter Peters and yep. you know rugby league dudes talking. They go, okay, let's go to the uh, the state league. And on top we've got uh, Ferry Meadow United. Sounds like a margarine, you know. They had no idea where the hell's Ferry Meadow United. Like, and they just used to joke about it and ban. But but it was that was what it was like. And we 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 uh, it was a good squad to be in actually because. Uh, yeah, but we could have got promoted to the NSL. Like, could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, talking to Frank Saladino um, uh, last year at some point, or maybe it was, uh, I think it was in 2019, early in 2019, he, um, you know, he, he spoke of that, that it was uh, just so close. Can- Canterbury pipped us. Yeah. And there was a game that Canterbury were playing that they had to win. They were 5-1 down at half time against Sutherland. God knows what happened or what got offered to the, what got offered to Sado at half time, but they went out and won six five. Canterbury oh. beat them six five, and that won them the competition. Like we were just, you said, there's no way. How can someone come back from five one down? But they did. They did. So there was a bit of a bit of conjecture there that who knows something may or may know. not have happened. Who knows? But what about yourself personally in your sort of journey? Um, you know, you seem to me, and I've met you a few times over the years, and even in this interview, that you. You're very grounded. You're very team orientated. So for you, it was just a matter of, well, I'm going to get in and work, and I'll play reserve grade. And if I get opportunities, I get opportunities. Exactly. And sometimes that's just uh, what you have to do as a goalkeeper. You just have yep. to suck it up. And um, um, you know, even when I signed for a high level, I mean, I didn't sign as the number one. Of course, I didn't. Yep. But it's a risk. A risk I took. And it sort of paid off. But um, the next year, I, I actually went back and. Um, and John Fleming got given the Wollongong Wolves job, yep. um, if you recall. And he yeah. actually took, he took quite a few of the Ferry Meadow players with him because he knew they had a good culture, good characters, and Warwick was one of them. He really liked yep. Warwick as a goalkeeper, and Warwick was a good goalkeeper, so he took Warwick. So that left a spot yep. for me. I said, look, I really want this number one spot back and, and, and might come back and took over. But because our team was weakened, we weren't as strong. Um, yep. And it was a bit of a battle that year. But I played first grade all year, and... And 86, um, um, I got player of the year. I got player of the year. Oh, wow. And, um, but I don't know, but just, just towards the end of the year, my, my, my passion, I don't know what it was, just started to wane a little bit. I was, yep. I was working, I was, I was at that age where a lot of your mates are going out and partying and you're just sort of sitting at home because you've got a big game tomorrow and, and then you, you, you're knocking back um, 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 shifts overtime shifts because you're playing state league and you can't work i had a home unit i was trying to pay off and and all those things got to me so i had a good year the team didn't go so good i got player of the year but the next year i i um i had a couple of local clubs ringing me to play in 1987 seven yeah and and you know what i I had adrian olsen ring me and said look do you want to to come and have a year at coromel and i and i said to ferry meadow i said you know what i think i just need to I've been here for six years and yep. I've had some highs and lows and I just want to do a few different things. I've got friends travelling, I want to do this, I want to do that. And I, and I, and I said, yeah, I'll go back and play a lot of Premier League. I made a few dollars and made some new friends and, and, and I enjoyed it. It was, it was great. The team wasn't the best, but it was a good, maybe, maybe it was a good year to just sort of have out of the state league. Yep. Um, but it really gave me a wake-up call. I said... I don't want to play this level, and yep. I know I'm, I think I'm better than this level, and I'm going to work work my backside off, and I want to get back to where I was. So in a way, having that that year playing in the local league, um, yeah, shook me up a bit. 
And do you think um, as well, because you were relatively young as well and, yeah. and you'd been in that state league system because what, you'd be training, yeah. what, three nights a week? Yeah, I was. I, I, was, I was. Going up to Sydney every second week, sometimes playing twice a weekend. Yeah, it, it was time-consuming. Um, me, me and my best mates, we put together a band, so I was heavily into music. So my week was just chock-a-block. It was three training <laughs> sessions, jam sessions, gigs. Adding work, you know. Work over time. And, and that's why I just thought, you know what, maybe... Maybe I can't do everything, um, and, and, and and yeah, I never thought it would. But my passion for the game—it just, it honestly, I, I love the game. But I just, I just, yeah, I just, I think I just needed to take, take that year, take a step back, yep. and and in the end, when I think back, it was probably a good thing to do. I still played first grade. I still enjoyed it, but I was partying, playing in a band, yep. doing some holidays, and and um, like I'd never gone skiing or anything. So during that season, I, I went out to ski and stuff like that, like. And and it was good. I had, I had a relationship. Never yeah. had time for a relationship before. So, so your, your life and your priorities just change a bit. But there's something burning still inside. There's something you. burning. And and Mike Johnson rang me, and he said, "Look, I'm going to take the Wollongong United job." And um, and, and and Ferry Meadow were never happy to let me go. They they really wanted. And back in those days, they were, they asked for transfer fees and things. Yep. So. Obviously, they put a transfer fee. They let me go on loan to the Premier League, but then to Toulomong United, there's a fair bit of haggling there, and um, I felt like I was letting people like Frankie Saladino down. I love Frank, but yep. I said, Frank, I, I want a challenge. I, I, I don't, I don't want to play. If I play here, I want to play State League First Division, and yep. I want to go back. I want to play under Mike Johnson, who, who um, you know, he had a lot of faith in me. Yeah, he he rated me you. as a person and as a goalkeeper, and he, and he chased me, and I thought... That's a good thing, and and, and I thought if this you, you want to go play for a coach that really wants you. Yeah. Whereas um, I think Ferry Meadow said, "Oh, come back and you'll be battling out with such and such." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." But Mike said, "Yeah, I think I it was Larry, Larry Gaffney at Ferry Meadow." I want that you, year. Yeah, Gaff, yeah, Gaff, and Gaff was fair. He said, "You know, come back to Ferry Meadow, but I'll, you'll be battling out for number yep. one. It'll be good competition there." And I said, "Well, I've got an offer from you know the oh, higher league, and I, I'm going to take it." And 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 I did. I actually, I actually had a pretty good, pretty good season there. A uh, couple of highs and lows. The team wasn't the greatest, but yep. there's some good players in that side, and the crowds were good. Had some, yeah, had some really good times, and I polled quite well in the Rothmans medal. I think I was like the second. Uh, me and Bob Catlin were rated the two best goalkeepers in the state league at that time. And how was it um, swapping clubs to sort of like a state league rivals because? You know, in that 84 yeah, season, the yeah. two games you well, played, you know there would have been some banter behind goals or whatnot. Of, you know what? It wasn't... The, the Macedonians, uh, I must say, I don't know, maybe my, my Croatian background, I don't know, but they, they, they loved me. They bit loved of, me. Bit they, of Balkans they, I remember love. one yeah. game they carried me off, you know, I made three saves in the last five minutes and they were carrying me, Zivko Rostovsky, Paul Drielby off on their shoulders and it was awesome. But when you lost, it wasn't so awesome. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, we played at a Kelly Park then and, and um, had some really good mates play there with me as well, like Larry Berenger and, and Mark Sweeney and who was it? Bernie Godzik, Paul Giraldi. It, it, it was a good side, yep. but we didn't... We, we, we finished down the lower end of the table. Mike Johnson ended up uh, uh, having whatever... I don't know what happened. He, he quit or resigned yep. and Johnny Bingham took over yep. and Johnny Bingham was really hard, old school, tough and... Yep. Uncompromising, and then Johnny got us a few results, and and, um, and he was and playing finished, as well, was he at the time? Or? Um, was he playing? 
think he was I think he was bringing himself on and off. He was yep. playing, yeah, yeah, and and a great player and a, and a super left foot, one of the best ever. You know, him and probably Mike Hollyfield, unbelievable with their left pair. Great import to come to Wollongong again. Uh, what a career! And it's, his son ended up coming to the Wolves and playing. Josh Bingham, he did really well. Um, so yeah, um, end of eighty, and then then I thought, geez, wh- wh- where am I where am I going to go to from here? And um, and and I had some good games in the state league, and and I got a phone call from a guy. It was like a, it was like a scout for Sydney Croatia. Yep. And and um, he rang me out of the blue, and and he said, look. And is this post season? Is it or yeah, this is this is after the season? Yep. And. And he said to me, um, look, Sydney Croatia have got Tony Franken, soccer squad member in goals. They've got a gun side. Like, they just lost the grand final to Mark Hayden. Yeah. Like, half the team, you know, playing for Australia. And I thought, wow. This is a nice little story too. Because as a kid, um, my, my older brother Tony, because we're Croatian heritage, yeah. I think back, way back in the 60s, they, they're actually, I think their name was actually South Sydney Croatia. Yeah. No, I think that, it was. Yep. Anyway, Tane... Tane, um, he used to have shots of goals in here. Then as I got older, and, and he's watching me play juniors, and he actually said to me, you're going to play for South Sydney Croatia. <laughs> and I just went, yeah, I'm going to play there. And I was just a kid, you know. And I did. <laughs> so that's a nice little story. So you, but but Tane, what did, Tane gave me a lot. My older brother, he gave me a lot of confidence too. So, so what a, that call was out of the blue, but was it really out of the blue in the sense that you'd, for the past three or four years, it really built up a resume of of, of doing some good work yeah, in good yeah, teams, yeah. Um, in critical times in games. So although it's NSL, um, we're just sort of going well. Yeah, some of my hard work's yeah, paying yeah. off. But I don't I don't think I had the the courage to just go up there and say, oh look, can I come and try out? But I but just watching the NSL on SBS, I used to yep. watch some of the keepers and go, you know what, well, I'm, I'm every I think. I'm every bit as good as that guy, yep. you know. I used to think that to myself, but I just thought I'm just going to be a state league goalkeeper, and you know, I work and I yep. play on the weekends, and, and and that's the highest I'll play. But getting uh, that phone call and then getting asked to go, it's quite good actually, because most of the first team was sort of on a break or they were doing soccer camps, and 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 the coach was uh, veteran Rosic, right? He played yep. he played for Hajduk Split. And back in back before the Yugoslavian breakup, he yeah. was captain of Yugoslavia, sixty four internationals. Look, the guy's an absolute ledge, you know. And um, and and this guy said, um, "Come up, I'll introduce you to him, and we're going to do some training." And Ronnie Corrie was the goalkeeper coach. Who everyone everyone knows yeah. Ronnie Corrie, right? Legend. So so two Ronnie brilliant two us, brilliant coaches. Yeah, so I went up there, and Ronnie gave me um, a session. I did some gameplay. The first guy I met when I got there was Craig Foster. He was at the AIS. And then there's all these other young guys that were all coming because they were a really big club and they were looking at getting all the best youngsters. But I was no means a youngster. I was like 23. Yeah. But the situation was they had Tony Franken in goals and they had Greg Woodhouse and they had Mark Bosnich. So there's three outstanding goalkeepers there. Yeah, wow. But they said to me, look, Greg Woodhouse is leaving us. Mark Bosnich is the best young goalkeeper in Australia. He's 16, but he's an absolute gun. And I said, yeah, I know. I've, I've actually I watched him play Australian schoolboys, you know. <laughs> and I said, okay. And I said, where's he going? They said, he's going to Manchester United. And I said, okay, no worries. So what they organised was a, there was a, there's a thing that goes in a view, it's still called the Croatian tournament. It's all the Croatian yep. teams, and obviously 
being Croatian, it helped my cause. Yeah. I said, well, you're a bit of Croatian, you know, where well, you're from Wollongong, you're doing well, come up and we'll give you a trial. And, and, and I played in this tournament, and I played in a tournament with some of the best young players we've ever produced, but they were all kids, they were 16, 17. So Johnny Gibson, Ned Zilic, Tanya Krislovic, um, who else is there? Oh, so many good young players. And, and I went down to Canberra and played in this tournament. So I was like the senior in that tournament. So I had a young Ned Zelich playing super <laughs> in front of me, you know. I'm, I could, I'm telling him what to do. And a few <laughs> years later, he's playing for Borussia Dortmund, you know. <laughs> it's amazing. Anyway, we won the tournament playing against all the senior squad. We were, we were kids and me, pretty much. And um, and veteran coached the side, the yep. first team coach. So he's trialling everyone, watching everyone. And, and it was a really good tournament. And we, you know, I was playing against Francis Waratifi, who was out here with Melbourne Knights trialling, or just signed yeah. for him. And there was just some really good sides from all around Australia. But they brought their first team squads. And we were just about, and, and we beat them with our, with our bunch of kids. And we won. We, we beat Melbourne Knights in the semi. I love that game because it was a really good game. And I had a good battle with Francis Waratifi. And it ended up being one all game penalties. And I saved three penalties. And, um, so the goalkeeper on the bench for me was Zelko Kalitz. So he was on the bench for me. He was a kid, 16. But he was, you could just tell that he was going to be something special as well. So anyway, after the tournament, um, I went back up and started doing some training. And the first team squad members were coming back from Socceroo camps or Dead, breaks, whatever. Duties, so yeah. all of a sudden I've gone from playing for Wollongong United, training at Guest Park, Ferry Meadow, <laughs> to training up at King Tom Park with... Graham Arnold, Robbie Slater, Ned Zelich, wow. um, Graham Jennings, Wally Savile, Alan Hunter. They were soccer fullbacks. I was just like pinching myself going, what? And they were really cool. And, and I trained and I trained well. And, and Vedran um, came up to me and said, um, well, I said, look, Vedran, I need to know what my future is. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'd love to be here. But, you know, yeah. is, uh, you, you, I'm going to offer you a contract. You're going to be my number two goalkeeper behind Tony Frank. And, and, uh, and um couldn't wait to get home and tell mum and dad, you know. Yeah, it was well, like, it was well, like a huge thing. That's huge. Yeah, it was huge. because obviously um, some people, and the beauty of Australia is that we have these different ethnicities and, and different clubs, uh, soccer clubs that you can sort of play um, with people from who have the same heritage. But yourself, you sort of, you know, you're a Baogani, you're a Ferry Meadow, you're a Wollongong, Macedonia. So for the first time in your life, you, you'd sort of gone back to sort of the roots in a sense well, so it must have been a proud moment as yeah, well from well, what a, your brother had said as well in the backyard it was a proud moment and I always remember that that's why I told that little story Tane said one day you're going to play yeah. for Sydney Croatia and I just it always just stuck in my head and, and to actually get a contract and um, and um, you know I was looking at my god because we're talking you know, NSL here 1989 NSL part time I was working but um, you know still getting some good coin yeah. um, and some of the guys up there were getting good coin the facilities were great and, and they really looked after their players. They were quite professional even for back in, in those days. Um, but, you know, it was a big commitment. But I used to think of other Wollongong legends that used to live in Wollongong and play in Sydney. And I yeah. remember I did my apprenticeship. I was working with uh, Graham Fletcher, you know. Yeah. I'd say, Fletch, how do you find going to Sydney City? And he goes, oh, I do four trips a week. Um, you know, David Schoon, Paulie Kay, um, there was Biggs, there's a whole bunch of guys, Jock Melando went for St. George, like got a whole bunch of Wollongong boys that were that were um, living in Wollongong but playing for Sydney clubs. Yep. And I said, well, you know, from where I was living to 
a denser park was actually 55 minute drive you know and then some of the guys I was playing with they were big name players a lot of them lived out in the Shire Cronulla Southern okay. area it'd take them longer to get to train than me but they thought I lived all the way down in Wollongong <laughs> actually the only bad part was driving up Cow Pasture Road back in the day but but um so what was it um like in in regards to I guess you know you're training what three four times a week um but you're yeah. you're in the top top tier and and you're working yeah. um in in the first grade squad um so oh, how was it it was it was fantastic can I just go back one step because I, I forgot to mention this because um Casey de Bruin took over at Wollongong Macedonia for that 1989 season yep. and and Casey really wanted me to stay and I actually had to make a big decision that's why I was saying veteran do you want me or not because Casey de Bruin is putting together a gun side yeah. at Wollongong United and he did he did put together yeah a they were side. in an ascendancy themselves yeah they were and and I thought wow working back with Casey would be awesome I'd be the first grade keeper training's only down the road but I go back to taking a punt, taking a risk. And yep. I thought, wow, here's an NSL club. This may never happen to me again, offering me a contract yep. to be, yes, number two to Tony Franken. But I thought, anything could happen. And even if I'm just there in that squad, I've, I've ticked the box. I've, gone, yeah. I've got, and I've you're got an NSL club. I couldn't crack the walls. Warwick was in, firmly entrenched as the number one. Um, so I, I took the punt and I signed that contract. So I just wanted to mention that because yeah, I, yeah. I had no... There's nothing against Wollongong United. They actually no, treated no. me really well and they wanted me to stay. And Casey wanted me to be there. But I thought I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, what am I? I'm 22, 23 years old. I'm going to take a punt because this may never happen again. So I, I, signed for, um, I signed for Sydney, Sydney, Croatia. So what do you remember of that, um, that, that year in 89? Because um, was there two seasons in effect? Because there was there was yeah, the yeah. eighty nine season, and then it changed yeah, to eighty nine yeah. ninety. Yeah. Well, the, my first season was awesome. My second yep. season, not so awesome. So, pretty much the the keepers were um, Tony Franken, myself, and a and a young Zelko Kalitz, because Mark Bosnich had gone to Manchester United. Yep. Yeah, Manchester United at that time. Anyway, so I I um I trained trained really hard and it was awesome. I was working with Tony Franken, who's now the you know the national who's he was the national goalkeeper coach for many, many years, mm-hmm. knowing quite well. Also he's now the national goalkeeping development officer, so he runs all the coaching and organises all the goalkeeper training and everything and the licensing and all that. So 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 Ronnie Corrie being the coach, working with Tony and a, and a really, really good young goalkeeper in, in Zilko Kalatz as well. And and I remember um, I'll never forget this. I I Tony I think they they played the first game or two of the season. It's back in the days where the reserve goalkeeper didn't travel with the side and we didn't okay. sit on the bench. They never had a keeper on the bench. Okay. Back in those days, which was a bit ordinary because you sort of you're sort of you're the second goalkeeper, but you weren't actually in the team. Part of the yeah. So if, if some if the goalkeeper got hurt, a player would go in. Simple as that. That's what that's what they they did that back in the day, and I think it saved. Affairs and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, um, Tony got kicked in the hand in the game, and he looked like he was going to play the next week. We were, we were playing. Uh, oh, sorry, some, I played a lot of pre-season games in yep. first grade. So I played against um, Olympic. I played against 
uh, we flew to Melbourne and had a big, you know, the old Croatian Sydney versus Melbourne <laughs> Croatian preseason derby, and and I had a great game. I had a really good game. I saved a penalty, and Francis was playing, and all these other really good players for Melbourne, Brenke Milosevic, and they had a good side. Anyway, we had a um, um, actually beat, I think they I think they beat us one 0 yeah they did actually. We didn't play that great, but I, I had an okay game. I, I think I did enough to impress Vedran and and Ronnie to say yeah. well, you know I'm here. I'm here as a good backup to Taney. I'm happy to do that job and, and I'll train the house down, which I did. Anyway, um, so second week into the league. So, yeah, good pre-season. Uh, comp games, I played youth team. Which is, it's always hard to get motivated yeah. to play youth team. It's good, but it's it's just not the same, you know. So you, you train, you play youth team. And then all of a sudden, Taney got hurt with his hand and he had a fitness test. No. And he got hurt, and I got a midweek call from Vedran. Uh, John, um, you're playing first grade against South Melbourne at Olympic Park. I need you at the airport at such a time to just tell he's not going to be available. And I was like, oh, my God. I told mum and dad, you know, back in the days when yeah. the phone was on the wall Extremely in the kitchen. Extremely exciting, yeah. I'm like, wow, I'm actually playing. And it was the televised game on SBS. Oh, fantastic. So that was pretty cool because mum and dad went to their friends and watched it, watched me play live on TV, so they, they just like. So mum mum said, beautiful Dad, moment, mum said Dad had a bit of a cry because he couldn't believe it, and um, it was pretty good. So, it's a great game, personally, simply because um, we're under the pump a bit. South Melbourne were good, they were good, and we were a good side, but the game was so close. And um, I'd made a few saves, and their keeper, Brucey McLaren, I think, made a few saves, and, and then. Um, but I was just I was in I was in the moment. I was I was, yep. I was really I was really happy with the way I was playing. And um, um, one thing I developed as a young guy, especially uh, Warwick was good at this as well. I used to, yep. Warwick used to practice our drop kicks, and then when I trained up in Sydney, I started developing a really good drop kick. Yep. And I got the ball near to the box from back in the days when you could you could get a pass back and pick it up. So I think Alan passed the ball, back and I got the ball, and I saw Robbie making a run. Robbie Slater, he yep. had pace. And with eight minutes to go, I hit him. Bang. I hit Robbie. He chested it, beat the last man, and buried it 1-0. And I was like, oh, my God, we're up 1-0. Eight minutes to go. Wow, what an assist. And I, and I assisted him, you know. And for me, making my debut, that, I'll never forget that. That was, that was so cool. That was really a big moment. And, and could you really, uh, I guess, pinch yourself after the game that what had transpired that, you know, you didn't even know until midway through the week that you were going to be in the squad. Yeah. The game's televised. Your parents and, and family yes. and friends are watching. You know, you're travelling interstate. It, it must have been a dream come true. It was true. amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. You're travelling. You're on a plane with all these guys. Half of them play for Australia. You're going into motels. You're having breakfast. So I've never done that before. Yeah. Right? You know, except for, for that pre-season game. But but um, it was pretty pretty amazing and and, uh, and uh, there's, there's an old saying, you know, the hard work pays off. And I thought, you know what, I've worked really hard for this and I'm going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> and so did you then um, have a, a spate of games where you played um, because of well, your the, form? The, or the, the, next, the next week I had to, I was told by Virgin to wrap myself in cotton wool. You're not playing youth team because Tony, mm-hmm. Tony's a very good keeper. Yep. And he had to have a fitness test before playing, we played Adelaide City at home at the Denser Park, King Tom. Big crowd, and I'll never forget it because uh, my cousin was getting married and and we 
had a whole bunch of, um, he married a girlfriend overseas, so we had a whole bunch of relatives, Croatian relatives that lived yeah. in Germany. And they all come to the match. Oh. And they, I don't think they could believe that I was actually playing in front of this massive crowd. It's about probably, probably six, 7,000 people there. And Tony had the fitness test and he failed. He failed the test. And, um, and Ronnie said, come on, let's go and warm up. Come and grab me. I had my gear sort of half ready and I said, well, I'm going out to play. And Ronnie gave me a really good warm up. Like that guy could hit a ball, a little bit unbelievable. And, um, and I was in the zone. And, and we were playing no mugs. We were playing Adelaide City. Yeah. who had Robbie Zavuka in goals, Milan Ivanovic, Alex yeah. Tobin, Joe Mullen, Maxwell up front. The Vidmar brothers both went on to be like this yeah. is a really Cavalcade good side. Stars. And um, and um, I was very happy with the way I played. Our team played really well. We beat them two nil, and I kept playing sheet. sheet. And I walked off feeling a million dollars because it was a big crowd. All my my family, my my relatives, friends, big game playing at the highest level I could possibly imagine, and we won. So I was just on cloud nine. And what about uh, Croatian heritage, Adenza Park? What's that atmosphere like? Oh, it was back in the days. It was amazing. You go there now, it's nothing like it. Back in, back in those glory days, they were big crowds. It was like a cauldron, vocal. wasn't it? They were vocal and they were passionate. And, and I know the game had to change in Australia, yeah. but they are, you know, we all grew up in that era of, you know, wad ball and you only have to read Johnny Warren's yeah, book, yeah. you know, you know the history, and, and and I copped a bit of that as well, you know. And you still back in the you know, back in the seventies and eighties, it was still yeah, it's a bit racist here actually. With the, you know, there's still soccer's the game for girls, um, you know, um, only walks play, wild ball, and all that sort of stuff. And you, you, you'd always cop a bit of that, but but when you're out there playing in front of six, seven thousand screaming Croatians, and they're egging you on, and they're egging the team on, and it was a Historically, a very successful team. Like that team, I used to go watch them play a few state league games even because they were so good. You know, me and my cousin would go watch them play in the state league grand final at the old sports ground. Yeah. And there'd be 25,000 people there. It was just awesome, you know. Like, don't get me wrong, I still grew up watching rugby league and sevens big league yep. and all that, but that wasn't my passion. Yeah. Football was my passion. So uh, the rest of that season, um, uh, did Tony come back in or did you get yeah, some Tony, other chances? Tony come back in and um, it was a very unsettled season because that, that was the year, like I said, half the team was playing for Australia. So they, they, they were, half the time, a lot of them weren't even at training sometimes because the Socceroos had camps, they had qualifiers. So sometimes it was a very unsettled season for that reason. I think Frank Garrock, Frank Garrock and Eddie Thompson had the national team and they liked a lot of the Sydney Croatia players. So they were there, you know, Wally, Wally Savile and Graham Jennings and all those boys. So then when it come to team team training and structures, we, we, we underachieved. We underachieved compared to what they achieved the previous yeah. season. And and um, it was a it was still good. I think I think we finished fifth. Yeah. Which which wasn't that great at that time. But there were some good sides, you know, like Mark Haney was on one side and yeah. and um, he was just really strong. Olympic Adelaide, Adelaide City. Um, and did you... But uh, to, oh, sorry, just going on to what you asked me. Uh, I, I ended up playing the whole... Uh, a couple of weeks later, or a few weeks later, Tony actually went up for a cross and come down awkwardly and done his knee. He got stretched off. 
Graham Arnold winning goals, and they were playing South Melbourne against as a start. It was close. Yeah, so I, I ended up playing the, pretty much the whole second round. Wow. Yeah. Did you get to play against the Wolves? Yes. And, and, yes, and that did, was a big moment. How did you, uh, was it down here or up? No, it was up there. Of... It was up there, and we played the Wolves, and and the Wolves, uh, Johnny Fleming, Ed Warwick, Mike Holyfield, Rady Stefanowski, Peter Kropnitis, Randall Lissor, Pat Brodnick. Thought, yep. um, they, they had a good side. They were still yep. a good side. Uh, Danny Craney, a very good left-side Scottish player. Um, good good crowd, good, good build-up, everything, and, and it was a tight game. And... Um, I had a really good game too. I was, I was happy because uh, I kept a clean sheet, made quite a few saves, crosses under pressure. They had Jock Melendo too. Um, There's a good photo actually. Me, me going for a high ball with Jock challenging me. It's a good, it's a, it's a good photo that was in the paper. Um, but um, but as an Illawarra we, boy, was as a an Illawarra man. boy, yeah. Phil Murphy wrote. He says, you know, Wollongong, Balgownie-based um, junior, uh, Sydney Croatia goalkeeper. I guess you wrote that. It was, it was nice because. It was quite nice to be playing against Wollongong and all the guys I know, Ray Balistra, all those guys. I grew up with Ray playing a Bally, you know. And um, it was a tight game, a good game, and we got a penalty. And Robbie Slater scored the penalty. We won 1-0. And um, that's a great memory, playing against the Wolves. Because obviously I always wanted to play for the Wolves, but I, I couldn't. <laughs> and what about just, um, it happened in your first game, but, you know, being on television, um, being in the main papers... Uh, it must have been extraordinary in it that sense. It was awesome. It was awesome. Because, that exposure. Because it's still part-time, but you're yeah. on TV. So you'd go to work on a Monday and, you know, you'd be in the paper or, or people would say, oh, I watched you on TV. I watched the highlights last night. Or, you know, um, it's funny. I, I still get ribbed about it. That, that year, I think that year I made the, the saves of the year and the bloopers of the year because <laughs> I, let, I let one through my legs from about George Zalewski shot one and, and the grounds weren't that good that back then and, and yeah. hit that hit a really bad did the bobble and, and it rolled like it just skidded through and it ended up going through my legs. We won that game two one, but I still today get ribbed by the boys about that goal um, <laughs> and George Zalewski's strike. But but um, but in the same token, I made the bloopers of the year when they, did, they had the highlights yep. package um, and the um, and the saves of the year because I made a good save against Adelaide City over there and, and um, it was on TV as well. So yeah, great memories, mate. And, and, and what about Vedran as a, as a coach? Um, uh, what was he sort of, uh, I guess, manner-like around the players and, and, yeah. and training sessions? Because, like you said, um, uh, yourself and others from that era would know of, of what he had accomplished in Europe. Um, well, so he, he was a class above, but he was also a gentleman. Yep. Sort of actually even on and off the pitch. He wasn't a dirty player. He was yep. competitive. He used to appeal for stuff, but... Off the pitch, he wouldn't meet a nicer guy. And, yep. um, and, um, and the following year, when he left the following year, he went back to Croatia yep. and he got a job with his old club, High Dock Split. Yep. And they've got an amazing stadium there. Like um, It's like the, the old Allianz, the Sydney Football Stadium. Very similar yep. and big club. And um, when I went back there from when I, when I took my, my bit of time off, I went overseas and I, I actually caught up with him and he gave me, he met up with me and gave me a tour of the stadium. Oh, wow. And um, that's pretty cool. It's so nice it's, catching up it, with him. It probably says a lot about him, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 an absolute gentleman. So the the second season there at Sydney, Croatia, um, not as many games. Um, no. What, what happened um, there? Uh, so Vedran left, a lot of the top players left. Um, 
So Robbie Slater went to Anderlecht and and um, I think that's a funny story. I think if you read Robbie Slater's book, it's goes it's something like he he had a lot of video footage of him playing and scoring or setting up goals with Graham Arnold. And the people saw the footage, I think it was Rota or one of the Dutch clubs went, geez, you're good, but we don't mind this guy. And, and Arnie <laughs> ended up signing as well. So you lose Slater, Arnie, Zelich went, um, lots of, a lot of the, a lot of the top players left the coaching stuff. So Ronnie Corrie took over and, and Ronnie was a really good goalkeeper coach. He was a great guy. He had a lot of success here with the Wolves. Um, Ronnie, um, so what happened that year was uh, Ronnie, Ronnie actually wanted to sign another goalkeeper. And he wanted, um, so in between those seasons, it went straight from winter to the summer yeah. soccer. That was when they changed the summer soccer. That's right. And, and not, I still think that's a great thing. It's the best thing they ever did. Anyway, um, and Ronnie had a word to me. He said, look, John, um, I'm, I'm thinking of signing another goalkeeper. Um, so is Tony, Tony still on the books? Tony or? Franken's on the mend. Okay. I've got young Zilko Kalatz, who's going to be Australian yep. under-20s goalkeeper. I don't think you're going to have a spot here, you know. But um, and that, was, that was the head coach. And I thought, oh, OK, well, maybe I'm a bit on the outer here. But the club, the club actually wanted to keep me because they wanted cover for Tony. Yep. They knew they had Zilko. And, and um, so in the end, they, they, they put me on the transfer list. Yep. And and at that time, Warwick was actually in dispute with Wollongong Wolves. So John Belustra said, "Well, we'll be interested in you coming back, home, come and play for Wollongong because Warwick's not committing, and there's something going on there." And I didn't yep. know. And and, um, and Warwick actually thought about. I think he was thinking about maybe going to Sydney, Croatia, because he had, he had a good reputation as a top keeper for the Wolves. Yep. And I thought, well, geez, I'd do that. You know, I'd, I'd go back and play for the Wolves, but. Um, they slapped ten thousand dollars transfer fee on my head, which is a lot of money. Which back is ridiculous. I'm not worth ten thousand dollars. <laughs> anyway, I was like, oh my god, I'm, I'm stuck here. I'm in no man's land. But the committee assured me. They said, John, they, they, they say, look, Ronnie wants cover, but he also wants to sign someone else. But we've also got Tony Franken coming back. So in the end, I would have had. I'm, I'm with two soccer goalkeepers, really. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe I'm. I'm, I'm Maybe I am on the outer, I don't know. But I, look, I, I knuckled down, I trained hard, I, I didn't let anyone down. I, I, so I did, what I did was I, I started, I was training with the Wolves. Yep. So they gave me permission to train with the Wolves. I played some trials with the Wolves and trained with Dave Ratcliffe's side. Yep. But then it was never going to happen. So because I, of the fee. I went back because of the fee. So I went back to Sydney and, and Ronnie said, um, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play you in the first game. And we played St George and we lost, we lost 2-1. And I got beat by a deflection and a goal. A guy curled it into the top corner. That was, that was two really good goals. But Ronnie, Ronnie really liked Zilko. And, and I could see Zilko was going to be something special because we were training together. And I thought, well, this is, you know... Uh, Writing's on the wall in that yeah, sense. And I think, oh, my God, I'm going to keep training hard, but I don't know what's going to happen. And because we didn't get the results, he actually did drop me. He dropped me and, and Zilko started playing. And, and Zilko... Played, he had some scratchy games, but he also played well. But, but Ronnie was really big on youngsters. So Ronnie, to his credit, he brought in guys like like 16-year-olds. So my defence in front of me was Mark Babich and Tony Popovich. They were like 16, 17. They were kids. They were good, but they were kids. So yeah. we had a very... We lost a lot of players and had a very inexperienced side with a mixture of a couple of older guys from the previous year's squad. So results weren't going our way. I did get dropped for Zelko, and... Um, 
and Zelko kept his spot, and then Tony Franklin came back for injury. So I was, I was, yeah, I was a bit Third. on the outer, and and then I think I think Ronnie Corrie didn't even see out the season, and they had another coach come in, and I pretty much ended up playing like the third string role but I still got my, my weekly wage I still trained and I still played some youth team so I was happy to do that I, I was never one for giving up or chucking yeah. things in because things can start very quickly as a goalkeeper well it is here where we will stop in part one of episode 37 Please download part two of episode 37 as John continues to speak about his football journey. As always, thank you for listening and downloading this podcast. I'm your host, Travis. Goodbye for now. (laughs) 